What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. And today on the show, we are looking at some names across the Dolphins to ask how hot some of these seats should feel after the last couple of weeks as we get close to the final quarter of the 2022 NFL season coming to a close. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Appreciate you guys checking out the show here on a Tuesday, Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. If you're unfamiliar, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-founder of the draftnetwork.com, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. I uh, want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect Technology exclusively from Simply Safe. 24 7 monitoring agents capture evidence on, to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So visit slash locked on NFL to learn more. Today on the show, um, still in the process of conducting our film review of. Dolphins Chargers not mad about potentially just putting that game behind us in the first place uh, and, and applying what we learned from that game to the future discussions for the team. But today on the show, uh, we are exploring uh, some names across the Dolphins and how warm their seats should feel based on the performance A to this point in the season, but most specifically if the current trajectory of the team. Uh, does not correct itself, I think is probably the best way to put it, uh, because the Dolphins are now sitting at eight and five. Uh, they are still the sixth seed in the AFC playoff race out of seven potential teams, but you have the Chargers, the Jets, and the Patriots at seven and six, right on the Dolphins' heels. And of course, the other wildcard team is the, the Bengals right now, uh, who have a game and a half on the Dolphins because the Dolphins lost the head-to-head. They lost the head-to-head against the Chargers. They lost the head-to-head against the Jets. So the good news is you'll play two of those teams again in the Patriots and the Jets. And from a Dolphins playoff perspective, two wins will get you in just based on the landscape, the future schedules for all the teams, the Dolphins' current game advantage in the standings with uh, four games to play. But the problem for the Dolphins is they, of course, have to go to Buffalo this Saturday night and play the Bills in a cold-weather environment. And the Bills uh, have found themselves after kind of a struggle. And they're, they're not blowing teams out. They're not boat racing teams. They beat the Jets in the rain 20-12 to 12 last week. So it's, it's still a winnable football game, but I think the framing right now is the Dolphins will need two wins to make the playoffs. If they play like they've played offensively the last two weeks, they might not win a single game because it's it's been that that rough. Now, I would imagine there's going to be some coaching adjustments and uh, some things that they, they do differently, but there's also some limitations with the roster and the strengths and weaknesses of the player and uh, players involved. And Rome wasn't built in a day, right? And I think the Dolphins, there's no debating they're on the right track, but they need to avoid additional performances to the degree in which we've seen the last two weeks. So I guess this, this starts with coach McDaniel. And when I say hot seat, I don't necessarily mean like 
you're going to get fired at the end of the year if the Dolphins miss the playoffs. I want to be abundantly clear. That's not what I'm saying. But it is, man, like how much of this do you have a contributing um, hand in and how much of an influence can you help and how much can you bring the team back out of this? So um, Coach McDaniel, it's not so much about a hot seat or a warm seat in general. Oh, he's not hot under the collar, but it, this is the big, the first in my mind, big test for Mike McDaniel as a play caller. Teams have figured out and gotten a scent on ways to disrupt your passing game with your starting quarterback. And that is the important caveat uh, that the first time the Dolphins struggled this season and lost three games in a row, uh, they didn't have their starting quarterback. Okay. Understandable. Now you're about 14. 13 games into the season, not a math guy. And um, teams have, have kind of picked up on something. What do you do differently? And I think about Coach McDaniel, and I think about this Dolphins offense and the play-calling aggressiveness and the number of third and longs that the Dolphins have been in, in converting three third downs the last two weeks combined. It's just, it's not a sustainable way. So the seat's not warm, but the collar's warm for Mike, in my, my opinion, because Mike, like, has the ability to change the points of emphasis. And obviously him is the play caller relative to Frank Smith. And we, we won't really touch on Frank Smith um, because Mike McDaniel is the play caller. This is a big intersection for this season, especially now with the teams on the schedule because you have the Bills, you have Sean McDermott, you have Bill Belichick, and you have Robert Sala as three of your final four games. Those, those are good defensive minds they will undoubtedly find ways to pull from what the Chargers and the 49ers have had success with. You need counter punches, and you need them now. And a big part of that would probably be running the football, but we don't elect to do it all that often. We don't have success on the early downs in doing it. Um, so that brings me to my next talking point, which is the running back room in general. Jeff Wilson, when he first got here, was awesome. He was excellent. Um, he obviously had the hip. Um, fumbled once. He almost fumbled again against the Chargers. Um, but but Jeff Wilson and, and Raheem Mostert both being expiring contracts. I think that is, this is like from the true sense of hot seat, warm seat, uh, pressure's on a little bit. You got something to lose. Uh, the, the Dolphins are not going to have any commitments tied into that room this offseason unless they want to recommit to someone. And, you know, the, the offensive line and the tight end room, uh, I think those are two, uh, specifically right tackle, left guard are, are two problem spots uh, on the offensive line. And then the tight end room in general for gaining the edge and, and having effective seal blocks. They are contributing to the struggles of the running game. Uh, but we can't afford to put the ball on the turf. We'd love to get a little bit more push inside and earn some more hard yards. I know that that's never been Raheem Mostert's strength, and that that's tough, right? Because Raheem Mostert's strength is gaining the edge, and your blocking strength is blocking inside, if we're being honest. So there's this little bit of, of identity crisis that's going on there. But for both of these running backs, I would say because they are expiring contracts, the warmth of that seat is probably a – Five out of ten. Just putting the arbitrary number on it. Um, Tua Tungavaloa at the quarterback position is who I want to talk about next. But before we get there, I've got to tell you about our friends 
over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one destination for anything and everything sports betting with info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season, basketball, you name it. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports betting information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. To a tongue of Aloha. Um, the performance, uh, I thought the performance against San Francisco was more Tua, like definitively Tua. I think the performance against the Chargers, Tua also did not play well, but I thought that there was more fed in that fed into the offensive struggles and clunkiness than just Tua missing throws. Tua made some really nice throws in tight windows, but it was a low percentage throw, and the Chargers players made nice plays. And I think that's a part of the Chargers game that we probably overlooked was the Chargers were playing for their playoff lives. Uh, and that's not to say that the Dolphins do not ha- did not have a sense of urgency. But when your back is literally up against the wall, and if you lose your most definitely going to be on the outside looking in and, and all but have your playoff hopes destroyed. Um, the Chargers had more to lose than I think they played like it. And from the Dolphins' perspective, I certainly hope they take that energy and they apply it this weekend in Buffalo. Because the Bills are a team that teams have historically had some opportunities to run the football against. Will we see Jeff Wilson? We don't know. But for Tua Tungvaloa specifically, and again, this is is more hot under collar as compared to hot on the seat because Tua is not going anywhere. Uh, The Dolphins have invested their premier assets elsewhere. Uh, Tua Tungvaloa's full body of work this season was MVP caliber play for September, October, November when he was on the field. I mean, he was top top three NFL MVP candidate. And the last two weeks doesn't change that. And I know everybody wants to ride the pendulum and the emotions, and I stay out of it. I stay off it. I stay off social media right now. The Dolphins with expectations leads to a lot of reactionary discourse that can't see the forest for the trees. And look, you, you guys do you, right? Like, I'm not telling you you're wrong for doing it that way. I just can't live in that world. I can't live in the world where I wake up on Monday and the Dolphins win and Tua Tungvalu is the greatest and he's him. And then you wake up and the Dolphins have lost two in a row and, and Tua didn't play well and Tua is fraudulent. And um, it's it's the public narrative around Tua will never be rational. And I think that is the biggest shame about the offense laying the egg that it did against the Chargers was that is now the national the national perception and narrative around Tua has been reaffirmed on the national stage because the national stage didn't watch the Baltimore game. The national stage didn't watch the first Bills game other than the play in which he bumped his head and his back on that whole discourse around the concussion. They didn't. They didn't watch it. They didn't watch the Lions game. Right, and I understand from a personnel perspective, the Lions' defense was not particularly good. But don't look now, but the Lions are like a game out of a playoff spot. They got real hot as soon as they got done. They tested. They took the Bills to the limit. 
So don't tell me that that you know that win is useless. That offensive performance is useless. Right? The Browns game, highly efficient. So this is the NFL, after all. Just ask the Dallas Cowboys, who just got taken to the wire by the Houston Texans. To his collar should be hot, but not a seat. He's not going anywhere. Now, if I had to put a number on it, it's for, for the Dolphins' playoff hopes, two is probably the second most important player to figure it out, or he's the most important player to figure out, second most important influence on the team other than Mike McDade. Um, trying to think if there's anybody else on the offensive side of the ball. It's not worth mentioning the wide receivers. Um, they've been phenomenal this year. I'd say Mike Gusecki, but but he's been an after. I mean, what is Mike? What is Mike even offered this season? Make sure I pound the keys so you guys know that I'm actually pulling it up as we speak. Twenty four receptions for two hundred sixty nine yards and four touchdowns. Mike Gusecki hasn't caught a ball since the bye week. Want to let that sink in? Mike Gusecki has played seventy snaps and has not caught a ball since the bye week. He's caught three passes for 34 yards since Halloween. It is December 13th. Last I checked, that franchise tag, tag was still worth 11 milli, right? You want a player to find a way to make an impact whose seat should be warm? And, and I understand Mike's usage is marginalized because of the offense and wanting to run the ball, but not really wanting to run the ball. But then in the passing game, I understand opportunities haven't been great. Nine snaps against the 49ers, 30 and 20 snaps against the Chargers. But if you're a player who's playing on the franchise tag, trying to earn yourself a big money contract and you get on the field with whatever else is going on with them bracketing Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and pressing those guys, somebody who needs to make an impact, who has a lot to gain and a lot to lose, looking at you. And I'm not blaming it on Mike, but I'm saying from a items to gain and an opportunity cost and things to lose, Mike Gusecki's right up there. The Dolphins need somebody else to vibe with Tua right now. Because a lot of attention and bracketing and press coverage is being placed on those guys. Can it be Mike? Is that the counterpunch? We'll find out. But four targets and no catches the last three weeks for a player who's playing on the franchise tag is a very mighty nasty pill to have to swallow. Let's talk defense. Uh, what is negative 100 out of 10 for Christian Wilkins and Jalen Phillips? That was pretty fun, wasn't it? The whole discussion around, well, uh, uh, Jalen Phillips pressure, but no sacks. So is, is he any good? Is he, is he bad? Is he a bust? Well, are we still having that conversation? No, now it's been redirected to Bradley Chubb, who's getting a ton of pressures but not finishing with sacks. But um, Jalen Phillips and Christian Wilkins, just absolute monsters. And as I think about this Dolphins defense moving forward, um, excited about the continued development of both of those players. I think Wilkins has room to grow. I think Jalen Phillips undoubtedly still has room to grow. He's a second-year player, not even done his second season yet. And you add Bradley Chubb into that mix, there's there's a lot of really strong pieces. 
But the, I know the name that I did want to talk about was Josh Boyer. Uh, just because I think there's there's some some kind of disconnect right now that I want to talk about. I, I do think from a traditional sense of a hot seat, Josh Boyer might be finding himself on one in spite of the fact that the Dolphins defense has played 40 minutes the last two weeks and played admirably well. You know, and they played well in the second half of games. But I just, I have some questions right now. And we're going to ask them as soon as I tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy done right. You pick two to five players, and if they go more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on your entry. There's no competing against other people. It's you versus the projections available in-house. They offer projections for any sport that you can watch, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Safe and fast withdrawals is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So you put $100 in, they're going to give you another $100. You put 50 in, they're going to give you another 50. You put 25 in, they're going to give you another 25. Use promo code locked on. So enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 for first time users. So, Josh Boyer, uh, the Dolphins at the trade deadline traded a first round pick for Bradley Chubb. And we all said, okay, logic would dictate you went out and you got another pass rusher. You're going to play more four man rushes, rely on those guys to get home, and play more guys in coverage. You know what they have not done? That. <laughs> if anything, we've seen more of these zero pressures the last two weeks, and I understood it against the 49ers because you had Brock Purdy in the game and you wanted to test a guy who was a seventh-round pick and see if the stage was too big for him and force a bunch of turnovers and all that. Um, and, and he was mentally prepared for those. He was ready. And he got beat. But we've seen, like, the whole point of cover zero and, and plus one in the pass rush is that you're scheming a free rusher to force quick decisions because it's the way that you want to play the game as compared to letting your talented first round, super talented pass rushers off the leash to go get it for themselves. So you move a one for Bradley Chubb. And then what you end up doing is you end up playing the same style of play with aggressive plus one in, in, your pressure situations than you did before you acquired Bradley Chubb. And it did that, that just feels like there's a disconnect there in the style of play. Now to the dolphins credit again, to the dolphins defense's credit, they have played incredibly well, admirably well. I don't think they've given up a touchdown in the second half of either of these two games that the dolphins have lost, but I have a hard time shaking third and goal from the 19, and we run picket fence with eight guys playing 20 yards off the ball, or I should say 18 yards off the ball. That play set up the Chargers to score the backbreaking touchdown because if the Dolphins if the Dolphins hold and the Chargers kick a field goal there and they have four less points, guess what? They have 19. And you as the Dolphins are in a position to win the game at the end instead of kicking the field goal in the two-minute offense. Plays like that are really hard to shake from your memory when you are doing a full season evaluation. Now I'm sympathetic to Josh Boyer because he's playing with a lot of, without a lot of his dudes on the back end, but I haven't seen kind of the stylistic adjustments to the ideology for the Dolphins defense this year. Since the trade deadline that I expected that we did when we heard we were trading a first round pick for Bradley Chubb. And then you take moments like that, like that, that moment could 
it didn't lose you the football game, but it was a significant contributing factor to losing the football game. You gave the Chargers four points. You gave them four points. That is the one person as a holdover from the previous regime who, if this connect, disconnect doesn't add up when the Dolphins themselves sit down and do the end of season review, whenever that may be. That is the one person that I look at and say there may be a transition that takes place. It won't be McDaniel. It won't be Tua. It probably it won't be Frank Smith unless Frank Smith or Daryl Bell get hired elsewhere. You've made a lot of investments in the players. The talent exists, but yet the Dolphins are. What are they in scoring this season? Defensively, they're 22nd in the NFL in scoring offense. I mean, they're 24 points a game. I do think there is something to acknowledge with the lack of sustainability year over year when people talk about living and dying with turnovers and sustainability in that nature. Um, we've seen that with the Dolphins. Now they've had a nice stretch. Browns, Texans, 49ers. They had five turnovers in three games. They did not turn the ball over against the Chargers. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games this year. Seven, seven out of 13 games this year, they haven't logged a single turnover. This was a team that logged a turnover in what, 30 straight games? That's not an individual player, but that's a, that, that is a whole defense perspective. You'll sit down and you'll say, well, we need to, we need to have more turnovers. We need to get the quarterback on the ground more with these pressure situations and convert them. And we need to be better on third downs. Dolphins are 25th in the NFL in, in third down percentage defensively. They're 24th in the NFL in scoring defense in the red zone for touchdowns. And they're 22nd in the NFL. So there's conditions that contribute to it. But the one hot seat for me, regardless of the conditions, just based on the new coach, the coach kept the, the coaching staff in place because the point of emphasis was we want to compete right away. Well, if the Dolphins get off the rails here, that's probably the first place that a lot of people are going to look. Fair or not, because that's life in the NFL. But uh, we have the Bills on Saturday. Um, expectations minus reality equals disappointment, right? Expecting a tough game. I'm expecting the Dolphins to... They're going to be weather dependent for as far as, far as how they're going to pass the ball. But the Dolphins just need to wake up and realize you guys have a lot to lose right now. The the three the eight and three cushion is gone, right? The 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 honeymoon for having the best record, the best eleven game start since two thousand and one is gone. You got a four game season right now, and you got to go five hundred the rest of the way to guarantee you get yourself a ticket to the dance. And if you want to give yourself a chance to do something when you get there, you got to play well enough. You got to turn this thing around and play well enough to win three out of four, in my mind. It's up to them. It's up to them. And we will react to it as it happens. Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great day. Talk with you all again tomorrow.